Welcome to the Guide to Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean, and we are here. Period. We're here. <laughs> We're here. We're here. We're very I much here. Are we here? We're here. It is a Tuesday after uh, uh, Tuesday night. Absolutely no, um, no interesting edits going on with that. No right? pre-recording. No anything. Uh, this is live, uh, and if you are listening um i don't know where i'll go with this hi guys we're here we are recording a podcast and uh we are going to do this uh because that's what we do here at the guy at the movies podcast with joe and sean uh sean how do you feel about the circle there you good how do you feel about the poly pocket movie oh i I mean i was going to talk about f9 but uh the strongest tornado of all time but the strong oh my god (laughs) Well, uh, was it Variety or Deadline that said that the action in Ice Road was better than F9? So that kind of it was a Deadline article you sent me last night, and after seeing both of them, wildly wrong. I mean, if we talk about which one's more stupid, yeah, there's like there's more plausible action in Ice Road, which I'm saying those words right now, but like, um, oh my god. It, it, yeah, I mean, absolutely not. Uh, F9 was a bit more fun. I almost said, well, it's just another Kelsey Grammer movie, meaning Liam Neeson. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but guys, we are not going to talk news this week. Uh, this week, we're going to do something pretty special. Pretty special. We're at the end of June. We're a little more than halfway through this year, which is wild. Uh, but we are going to give our mid-year reviews and talk about the best, the worst, the most disappointing, and the most surprising films of 2021 so far. As everyone knows, Sean and I don't have lives and we watch movies all the time. So, <laughs> uh, don't here we are. with you on that. Come on. <laughs> watch your mouth. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, why don't we get started on that? I want to start with best movies of 2021. So the best movies of 2021. So uh, we're going to do about three of them for each category, correct? Correct. So um, I actually will say as a caveat, um, I did not include, and this was not a rule that was over-encompassing. So Joe may include these movies, and I think that's perfectly okay. It just felt too weird to include these types of movies. I did not include the movies from this year's Oscars even though technically they do count. It just felt so weird. Yeah. It just felt so weird to say like, cause obviously it would just be, first of all, like kind of a competitive advantage cause they would just, they would kind of sweep. (laughs) So it wouldn't really, but it just doesn't feel like the same year. So I'm, I'm sort of counting just those after the Oscars and it looks like Joe, you are the same there. I'm with you there. Yeah. There's a weird feeling about that. Even looking back at like Judas and the black Messiah and some of them, I was like, "Mm, no, like I don't, I love that movie, but I don't know that I would include it in this list. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. Okay, very good. So um, right now, for me, uh, animation is kind of dominating my list of the best um, because, uh, granted, I'm uh, fresh off it, but, uh, you know, Luca was one of them that uh, really uh, hit me hard, and people are calling it lower-tier Pixar, which is a phrase I I hate beyond all belief, and I think that it's something that's a portrait of a great friendship. So um, right now, I would say that my top are uh, Luca, um, and then another animation is uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines, um, because that was just like absolutely great animation and like fun and really kind of like I, I searched for flaws in movies very diligently and I, I had trouble finding them in that. I really did. Um, it was just absolutely great. And uh, then finally, the one we've been uh, going gaga over for a while now uh, in the Heights. Um great musical absolutely that one does have its flaws i will say but really just like the actual movie musical taste of it just outshines them it just makes me feel great so those are my uh top three was it tough to make that top three list yeah i'm i'm staring at the other ones right now and they're looking back at me very sad and you know <laughs> i just uh like there's because there's a few others on there um but like for the most part it was weird for me to put not that i have like this issue with animation it was weird for me to put two animation on there i mean i also sure. have raya on that list pretty close to it so i could have gone for like just full animation on my list because i really animation this year is good and we're not even like halfway through the year it's unbelievable yeah, I mean, you talked a little bit about that in one of the columns, too, with some of the animated films that we're seeing. It's kind of the same with musicals. Um, we talked about this this past week or last week, but, you know, we also are seeing a lot of musicals out there. So it's going to be going to be an interesting year at the Oscars next year in terms of these categories that don't always get the most attention. Um, and of course, musicals isn't like a separate category, but they're, I think it's going to make it uh, they're going to make plays for some of the nominations in some of the larger categories. Um 
so my list is interesting. One of them is the same. Um, my honorable mentions, however, I have the Mitchells versus the Machines and Raya and the Last Dragon on my honorable very good, mentions. Very good. Uh, I love Raya. I keep thinking about that. I love Raya. I have not seen Luca yet. I am fully expecting, and I hate doing this going into a movie, but I'm fully expecting to love it. Um, I'm going to watch it on the plane on Monday. I've like been holding off on it. I'm like, that will be a nice distraction. Because side note, complete side note, I had a dream yesterday when I napped for like you know quick 20-minute power nap that I was on a plane that exploded. So I'm really Jesus. pumped to fly. Really excited to fly. Um, so just putting that out there. Um, Were you watching Luca? Like, <laughs> no. Oh, I, oh. Um, so this was this will be scheduled for Tuesday. So if you're listening to this and something happens, I don't want to do this. <laughs> please let people know what happened. My anyway, post about um, promoting this is going to be wildly upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, my best list. So this was kind of difficult uh, in some ways and kind of not in others, but the, surprising when I went back to them. So In the Heights is the one that I have on there, same as you. Um, I absolutely love that film. I think it's a feel-good film. I think they did a great job discussing culture um, and showcasing a culture. Granted, there are uh, you know the, the quote-unquote controversies around um, Black Latin culture that wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily included, and I do definitely recognize that that's, that's an issue with the film. Um, so I do hope that we see more of that in the future showcased in other projects. Um, but In the Heights, I just, I absolutely love it. I watched a little bit of it last night when I was trying to go to bed and I was just like, it was the word, when you get to that Carnival de Barrios uh, scene, I lose my mind because it is just such an energetic, like fun scene. I was going to say, that's the worst thing to watch to try to get to sleep. Like that would just yeah. keep me up for another five hours. <laughs> Well, and then I, you know, you know, I do the TikTok from time to time, um, but I found a bunch of behind the scenes videos from uh, one of the understudies uh, who was on set and she is showing like how they were doing 96,000 in the recording. And like you see Anthony Ramos and uh, some of the other actors sitting there like watching them do like the whole the big the big splash scene where all yeah. of them dance. And it's just like my dad said this to me when we were watching maybe it was the prom last year or something, but he said, man, it must be so much fun to make a musical. And it must be, I mean, it's gotta be incredibly difficult and incredibly challenging, but it like the energy of these musicals is just so much fun. I always love a good musical. Excited to see this at the top of my list. It's really unfortunate where like, I'm going to be making, I do uh, best of movies for halfway through best scenes, best lines. I do a bunch of best ofs. The best scenes are going to be like all in, in the Heights. <laughs> like, it's just going to be like, <laughs> Like it's just gonna be ninety six thousand them dancing on the uh, wall. Like it's just, like there's gonna. I have to figure out a way to narrow it down, but I don't want to. <laughs> My favorite scene in that movie is "Good Morning Usnavi." It's so addictive. Oh, what is going on? My hair, by the way. Um, oh, you do have a little flip up. You look yeah, like uh, the kid at uh, the who? Oh man, what was his name in the cartoon Recess? The head kid. I never watched Recess. Oh really? It's gonna be TJ. never gotta be tj um so wait did you do all three of yours nope thanks for listening thanks for listening uh the next one with uh for me is i carry you with me i talked about this last week um this was a movie that i was really excited to see i saw it at tribeca it is a beautiful lgbt love story uh that really dives into the mexican culture around same-sex uh couples and same-sex relationships um, but it's also just a really poignant story in and of itself in terms of how they uh, portray the the challenges of immigrants coming into the country. And, of course, with sexual orientation being another added level there of, uh, of intrigue and challenge. So I really I think it's just a beautiful movie. Um, my last one you might be surprised by, uh, but I think what? I'm not, no, I'm excited. Go. Like, this is great. Zach, stop. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the, the last one is um, Together Together. Um, with Nice. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. And the more I think about it, I think it was just one of the best performances of the year so far. I think Ed Helms was phenomenal in it. Um, and, oh, my gosh, the co uh, his co-lead, who I'm going to this once again. We often we have both forgotten uh, her we name. We always forget her name. But she's phenomenal. Um, and that movie really just, I think, was simple. Um, but 
very well done. And it is one that I think needs to be talked about more, needs to be seen more. And I'm excited because I'm sure that's going to hit like one of the streamers soon. It totally feels like it would be like a Hulu film that pops on there and is kind of a uh, a fun ride beneath. I would love it to see like it be like on the main part of Netflix and just we yeah. see like, people see Ed Helms's face and they're just like, oh, OK. And they just sort of enjoy themselves and they have like yeah. a lovely evening with a lovely movie. That movie is just truly great. You know, what's funny. I just said like beneath on Hulu and it's because I'm thinking about when you're like looking at the Hulu page and they have the main highlights and like what you've been watching. But then you go down and you're like, oh, yeah, this is on Hulu or oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And that's here now, too. Like Willie's Wonderland is one of them. Um that my dad was like trying to find it on Hulu and I'm like, it's there. Look for it. It's there. Um, they don't do the best of showcasing or highlighting them. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Willie's Wonderland, I did put that as an honorable mention for like one nice. of my favorites of the year, just because that's a lot of fun. And it like, Oh my God, it's such a blast. It's getting a prequel comic. If you saw that geo Parsons that, announced yeah. that, which is so cool. <laughs> um, and then I put the novice from this, uh, from Tribeca, uh, because I do think that's going to be a big film when it gets a wide distribution. I'm expecting it to get picked up soon. Um, similar to how, like, when we saw Mass at Sundance, I feel like The Novice will get picked up shortly. Um, maybe kind of as, like, Coda is really being pushed by Apple TV+, and that was a Sundance darling. Um, I think The Novice is going to be up there as well. Um, and I... I'm going to say this, people are going to roll their eyes, but um, Zack Snyder's Justice League was a a pleasure for me this year, um, and I really enjoyed it aside from all the bullshit, so... um it is one of those things where I, I, it is a surprise for me without a doubt. Cause like, mm. you know, when, when, when the, when it was announced that the Snyder cut was released, I was a big eye roller with that. And then, you know, that was before we started the podcast and <laughs> sort of converted me slightly. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm a little bit intrepid. Like this is still a four hour movie. This is kind of ridiculous. And I enjoyed myself quite a bit throughout. And, yeah. you know, um, let's jump into the worst. Why don't I start off with the worst so that you can uh, <laughs> capitalize on this category? Can I uh, first just say like I my quick honorable mentions for best? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, because I just forgot to say like the two ones very quickly. Um, I mentioned Raya, but uh, the other one was A Quiet Place Part 2. Like absolutely love the thriller, love the expansion of a sequel. Um, some people didn't like that it was as intimate, but that's how you do a horror movie sequel. You make it larger. You make it aliens. Um, like that's exactly what you would do there. Um, and then uh, one that's just very private, and maybe I should make this a surprise, but I'm just saying it now because I'm going for it, um, is uh, Shiva Baby. Um, Shiva oh. Baby. I love Shiva Baby. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, it's in the it's in the A Quiet Place universe, but um, it's like this lovely. <laughs> like a great comedy that's 70 minutes long and you could almost go, I mean, not horror, but like thriller, like just anxiety ridden comedy of uh, like, you know, just a family at a really tough time um, and a a woman at a really tough time. I absolutely loved uh, like this movie. It was just really fascinating. And also once again, 70 minutes, that is just great. (laughs) I remember you talking about that and I completely forgot about it. Um, So I still need to catch up on that. All right, let's talk worst movies. <laughs> this is a uh, kind of fun. Um, so the first one, bar none, like this is there's not a a dispute on this in my list is Cosmic Sin. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Co- Cosmic Sin was one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Um, it was Bruce Willis phoning it in um, in leftover suits from Edge of Tomorrow. It seemed like. Um, Frank Grillo doing just whatever script comes to him, I guess. Um, it was insulting how bad it was. I mean, the, the script, the design, the story, the acting, it, it was just insultingly bad. Um, and I can't believe that I spent the entire time watching it. It wasn't a long movie. I don't, I don't believe I kind of, I tried to put it out of my mind until I was going through like what I've watched this year. I was like, Oh yeah, that goddamn movie. Um, (laughs) So that's one of them. You never watched that, did you? No, that well, you know, I'll be. We have a we have a um, eclipse, but not exactly with a movie. Uh, but we have a Frank Grillo <laughs> eclipse, and you know where I'm going with that now. <laughs> uh, I definitely know where you're going because that was an honorable mention. Um, without re- without remorse is another one for me. Um, I thought that was really poorly done, and uh, just a lot of it comes down to the editing. But I didn't like the characters at all. I wasn't so. I mean. Not the characters, because the characters have been around for a long time. The way the characters were brought to life, I wasn't sold on them. Um, It felt like it was phoned in again by a lot of the performers. 
Um, and it just did not work for me. It was such a poor, that's, that's what makes me nervous about future Amazon Prime video releases like the Tomorrow War coming out. Very excited <laughs> for the opportunity of that. Like, that's a cool story. I just hope that it doesn't, like, it, it didn't shoot its wad in the, the preview. <laughs> that movie's going to fall right on its ass. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep an open mind, but like, just looking at the trailers and stuff, I'm like, I don't know about this one, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, listen, every movie doesn't have to be perfect and one or like fantastic, you know, just give me an entertaining film. Oh, yeah. um, and, and without remorse, definitely did not do that for me. The last one is Malcolm and Marie. Um, and I went back and forth about this one a little bit, but man, the hype for that was big. And especially with John David Washington and Zendaya in there. Um, I mean, the performances were fine, but the film itself was just a major miss for me. Uh, so I, it had to hit the list. I did not enjoy it at all. I remember I had to go back and watch it again because I fell asleep during it. And that should tell you everything. You have those movies about just talking, but when you have those movies about just talking, it has to be compelling. Yeah. And you have to have like, you know, the characters not reveal everything about themselves and let it be a little bit. I'm, I'm of course talking about the before trilogy, um, which is like, like the ultimate two people talking movie or movies. Um, and with this, it was this horrific argument. And when you have the argument, Already one person's right throughout the whole thing. And so it's just already like a bad situation, but then it gets worse. And then you, you hate both. And I, I will say it. And I, I say it every time. There are so many examples of this. Anytime um, when the director like has been like um, lampooned before, and then they make a movie about how a critic sucks. Sometimes it's the character where the critic sucks. M. Night Shyamalan, Bob Balaban, Lady in the Water. Um, then you got uh, Birdman, the lady in there. And then you got uh, you know this situation with the same thing. It, it's one of those things where it's just, it's so petty and the, it's never done right. It's, th it's done terribly, actually. It drives me insane. Ugh. This movie also made me feel like I could film some of the arguments I have with people and make a good movie out of it because it would be <laughs> way more entertaining um, probably at my detriment because I'm sure that people would be like, he's mental. Um, but uh, no, it just didn't hit for me. It, I don't know. It, it still to this day bothers me and I don't know what to make of it. Um, even after having posted the review back in, when did that come out? Like, was that February? Just in time for awards. I think it was February. Yeah. It was like February 1st. How about you? What's on the worst list? I don't have many because I, for some reason, I don't have a lot of F's, um, and I don't know why that is. So I, I'm bringing some of my uh, my no D F's to give. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> like, and then there's like I think my actual worst I'm going to put in disappointment. So I'll I'm going to talk about that later. Um, but one of like the first worst I have, um, and this is the absolute worst, and uh, that is uh, Thunder Force. Um, I don't know what possessed that. me to see this movie. You told me several times not to see this movie. I mean, you told me several times not to see this movie. And I didn't and even see it. <laughs> you didn't even see it. You just knew that like this, this director, uh, well, this director, um, Melissa McCarthy combo, which, uh, ben I'm Falcone. forgetting his name. What is it? Her husband. Ben yeah. Falcone. Yeah, exactly. Has just not given anything that has been decent. There was that weird cyber tech Bob, Bobby Cannavale romance that like was last oh, year and it was just terrible. Um, it, Amazon, this was, right? Wasn't that Amazon? Uh, HBO Max. Um, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah good call. But it, it just like when it came to this, you know, this is a it's it's a superhero comedy. It's a tired trope anyway of spoofing superheroes. You could have had some potential to go somewhere with this. I mean, there's one point where, like, you know, Jason Bateman's power is just that he has lobster claws, and there's a little <laughs> bit of humor in that. There's a moment where he runs away, and he runs away sideways, which is, like, goddamn hysterical. <laughs> but that was the only, like, solid joke in it, and it was a background gag. Um, everything else just did not work. Their chemistry was just completely flat. Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy just does not work at all. And, you know, it's a shame because there's so much talent like surrounding this and it just goes completely to waste. And I believe uh, like uh, the latest Ben Falcone, Melissa McCarthy project has been like literally canceled. Like they said, like it's this bad. Good. Like, and so I think they're like, it's, they're starting to realize that how, you know, terrible this is. So thunder force is on there for me. Um, another one, which I feel bad about this one because I, you know, I want Anthony Mackey to excel, uh, but he seems to be doing a lot of Netflix sci-fi movies that are pretty bad. And uh, this one is uh, outside the wire where he is playing basically the, it's the should robots be in the military, um, you know, type of debate that's going on. And, Mackie is like 
half uh you know human half cyborg and you know if that's a spoiler it's in the first two minutes which it shouldn't have been or maybe it should have been i don't know anymore like the the movie i I barely remember what it was about but the themes were just completely lost on me and were not explored at all so that was a tough one for me and uh then let's do it let's have it boss level baby i was waiting for it i knew that was (laughs) the one you were going for So, Frank Grillo, um, uh, our Frank Grillo Eclipse. This is the Frank Grillo podcast. Um, and uh, this one was was tough for me because at this point, I feel bad for this type of movie because there are millions and millions uh, of this genre, which is, you know, been dubbed basically the either time loop genre or the Groundhog Day genre. Um, but all of them have been done better than this. Um, and this was just one where it just was like it didn't. Oh, boy, I, can't, I keep on saying it doesn't go anywhere, but, you know, I I don't like the character uh, Frank Grillo is portraying, and that could, could be, you know, Grillo's fault or it could be the story's fault. But right from the beginning, I'm like, all right, I hate this guy. So, you know, there's no redeeming qualities. There's no chance of redeeming qualities. So I just started to like, you know, I tried to keep on getting into it, but I, I couldn't I couldn't like the guy. So I couldn't like the film. I mean, yeah. that's what it came down to. It was a tough one to watch. Yeah, you know, especially coming off of Palm Springs last year and how good that was. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. Again, there's a reason why certain movies go straight to VOD and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, it's not that's not a blanket rule. You sometimes get some really great films that make it that way. But I mean, especially certain studios, you know, like they're they're looking at their film slate and they're like, oh, well, we're going to try to recoup what we can here <laughs> because yeah, Frank Frank Grillo is not making good movies right now. <laughs> um, let's be real. He's not making good movies. He's not making good choices. Uh, make better choices, Frank Grillo. He's just not I'm a good to... leading man. I mean, like that's the one thing. It's like you know, he's good as like the the asshole, like you know, as the fifth male lead. <laughs> and then you, and then he gets punched in the face, and everyone cheers. Like, yeah, he's kind of like a knockoff Joe Manganiello. <laughs> he he very much is, and I've confused those two. Yeah. Um, he well, let's see. You ready for the number of movies that are coming up after the Hitman's wife wife's bodyguard? Because he's in that too. Ready? Oh, oh here we go. The let's gate- hear him. The Gateway, Once Upon a Time in Staten Island, uh, <laughs> Cop Shop, The Yacht, Ida Red, Operation Sea Wolf, A Day to Die, Shattered, The Father. That's all this year. That's- Wait, he was- <laughs> Wait, he's doing, doing a remake father? of the Anthony Hopkins movie, The Father. <laughs> I'm gonna leave my fucking flat. <laughs> Talk about oh, a time loop. again. Oh, that was rude. <laughs> no, Talk I get that. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's and he's also he's going to be in the first episode of What If It Looks Like um, as Crossbones. Oh, but, that's fine. Like that's yeah, something. I mean, that's what I want to see him in. That's the kind of thing I like to see him in. Yeah, limited dialogue. Um, <laughs> Come on, he's not good. Um, all right, so disappointments. Do you want to dive into them? Yeah, I'll start with the disappointments now. The, um, and you know what? We're going to start to overshadow some of ours, I think. Um, and uh, with my disappointment there, it is uh, without remorse um, is a disappointment for me. Um, and you know, I, I could I could definitely put that under uh, worse uh, worst. Um, but for me, it's I had the highest of hopes with this. This had a Taylor mm-hmm. Sheridan background. This had uh, the director of Zero Zero Zero, one of my lovely Amazon series that I absolutely love. Michael B. Jordan in there. Michael B. Jordan also producing, putting a fresh perspective on this uh, character. Just absolutely on board with this kind of movie. And man, did it just not deliver at all. I mean, it was really tough. And what's even more, like I was disappointed throughout the movie because I'm like, there's great scenes in this. Um, there's great scene the, on the plane. The plane crashes. They're trying to get the, like. Th- yeah. There's great That's little cool. like things in there, but it connects in the most haphazard way that just does not work. And you know the final um, plan of the uh, senator. Uh, I mean, you know Guy Pierce, like Senator Von Villenschmidt. Um, <laughs> just like, absolutely. oh yeah, no, he wasn't like the bad guy. Um, but his plan was like basically the Watchmen style of like you know we'll just have the country like we'll go to war so the country will love each other again. I'm like. No, <laughs> like stop it. That's not that's not good at all. It's not fresh. It's not original, and it's just terrible. And so, in general, I just really I was so disappointed by that. And that's another. Oh wait, this is the, I was gonna say that's another Amazon movie that went bad. But that's the one you were talking about before. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm right there with you. I mean, with the, especially bad movies, they blend together. <laughs> <laughs> that's what what it might be. Um, my next one is uh, 
Uh, this is a true disappointment for me, mainly because we spent a lot of time like breaking down this trailer and how amazing this trailer is. And it's still an amazing trailer. And it's Army of the Dead. Um, Army of the Dead was one where it's just like, this is the Zack Snyder three-hour <laughs> three zombie heist movie. How can you lose? Well, you can lose in the three-hour part, apparently. <laughs> apparently yeah. that's the issue or yeah. you know give these characters like you know bring in the character's daughter and like put like this like manufactured emotional nature to it that does not work um and just yeah. really draws everything out i want this is one that i was just ready to love i wanted to love yeah. it so bad but the most interesting part is in the opening credits and i'm just like Absolutely. i wanted to watch that part and instead <laughs> it's ugh, ugh, have, one. Have, so this is on my list of disappointments as well um, have Tignataro deliver every line in one note. Uh, you know, have zombie alien babies pop up and never really touch on that. Have their eyes like explode with light or something when you know, and never touch on that. Uh, lay the groundwork for the zombies that are outside come into life when it rains, and then have it be uh, heat wave the entire movie. It makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> It's like it was one of those things where I, when that line was uh, said, I was just like, "Oh come on, they're just really foreshadowing this one." And then, then they yep. screw the pooch on that. <laughs> like, they <laughs> screw the pooch on the, like the shitty parts of an action movie. Yeah, like if you're gonna foreshadow it, do it. <laughs> oh I, man, this next one is gonna be a weird disappointment for me because I really didn't go in thinking this was gonna be good, but I thought I'd get some sort of like garbage crime level, like of just some sort of happiness out of it. I thought Peter I'd get some Rabbit too. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm close. Uh, <laughs> that's my honorable mention. Um, it's uh, it's the little things, um, and uh, it's little, little things should be on my worst. I think little things should be on my worst, um, and I almost put it on there because of how disappointed I was. And then when I said that sentence out loud, I said, "Oh, it should be in disappointments." Um, and <laughs> so, uh, this movie's got you know three actors prime of their career. Um, you have you know John Lee Hancock is the director who is. Just like a like the guy you bring in to like you know finish the job like he's like a good maintenance director he's nothing too flashy nothing too great you could have an interesting mystery here and instead they go down roads that I've never even imagined um, the characters are stupid meaning they are they are actually making stupid choices like one of the things I'm, I'm gonna spoil I guess I don't know but like of course Jared Leto's not the murderer the guy has already admitted that he's obsessed with crime like he's not the murderer and the fact that Rami's so convinced of it it's just so freaking annoying and I'm like you are like the top level agent here like act like it this dude's a fan <laughs> artist like what are we oh my god remember and then, when Rami you know, got almost, in the car with him <laughs> just got, he just gets in the car and digs like 800 holes you are the worst <laughs> officer slash detective in the world well maybe not the worst <laughs> no, there's, there's, yes yesterday we had a pretty bad one get sentenced but <laughs> that one's done now thankfully yeah. well, at least for you know a reasonable amount of time half years. um but i um and we almost got a best supporting actor nomination from jared leto on this and you know like it, this would be worse than if it happened uh, in that regard but uh it, it, this was a disappointment for me because I wanted something a little bit more fun and a little bit more silly. And instead it was just stupid and yeah. not, I mean, I guess that's a silly and stupid is a tough line to walk, but it's, it's one that they jumped right over. I like the list. I uh, actually didn't know where to incorporate the little things. And I wanted to add that somewhere, but that's definitely an honorable mention for not being good at all. <laughs> um, Worst. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I hated that movie. Um, hated. Maybe that's nah. Borderline hated that movie. Um, so I'm going to start with mine. Uh, so Army of the Dead, of course, is one of them. Cherry is the one I want to start with, mm. with Tom Holland. Um, this went to Apple. Um, it was a movie that didn't know what it was trying to do. It was a little bit of a clunker. It was a mess. Um, it had, I think I said that it had like an identity crisis and couldn't figure out what it wanted to be. Um, Tom Holland was good in it, but I mean, that's really the main highlight. Um it was not something that I would have thought would fall uh, that much with the Russos behind it. Um, I would think that there would be a little bit more of a, um, even if it's a winding plot and a little bit of a scattered film, an end goal and an end focus. Um, but essentially you just have, you know, what's his name? Tom Holland, uh, smoking cigarettes, cursing a lot, um, pleasuring himself on screen. Um, and then you have the famous uh, rectum camera, in this movie, which was a choice. Remember that? We had a camera in the rectum. Um, 
so that happened. I, I th- this movie, yeah, I think I had this honorable mention for my uh, worst movies of all time, um, just because this was one of the. This is a very solid disappointment movie because you have so much going for it. You have you know just Tom Holland flexing his dramatic muscles, and it's a real shame because he is like absolutely acting the hell out of this movie, but yeah. is given given nothing there um i mean i remember the the scenes when they're fighting in the war um when they're fighting i believe in iraq or possibly afghanistan i can't remember specifically but um it felt like they were in like a nevada desert and it felt exactly right it was scary these are guys that these are the russo brothers who have made alien battles look realistic i mean to a fault i guess but like look realistic like they had a bunch of avengers charge at each other and how can you not make this look that real? It, it was it was baffling to me. I I, I don't yeah. know what they were going for. And then the dumb comedy where like you know it said shitty bank and like capitalism with the number yeah. one. And I'm like, uh, okay, what what are you trying to be? Are you trying to be a Zuckerman film? Because it's you can't do that when they're like basically dying of drug addiction. Oh god. The other piece of that too is that it was based on a book, and like you have to really try hard to flop. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a great movie because most times when it's ba- when a movie is based on a book, the movie is going to be second to the book. That's just very common, and mm-hmm. obviously you can't get into as much narrative detail as you can on the pages of a novel. But to have a a film that's as incoherent as this is, when you have a book to guide you, is just very surprising to me. Um, and it's 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 just a bad. I mean, it makes me wonder if the Russos are going to be successful in the future with other properties when they try branching out from some of the stuff they're already doing. It doesn't look good. I mean, this was like kind of their big test of like, uh, man, I don't know. It was just uh, it was tough. Um, what did I have that I wanted to say about it? Oh yeah, in terms of the book situation, I think mm-hmm. I, I have not read the book. Um, I don't know exactly what the book is about, but it looks like the book wants to span this entire time. And that Mm -hmm. might've been one of the movie's main issues there. Um, Like, you know, just trying to like often a book adaptation, the, the largest issue is that they try to just go like, you know, not exactly this, but page by page. (laughs) And that uh, Mm -hmm. often creates a movie that is like two and a half hours long and just, you are miserable with it. It is very clear they didn't do page by page here. (laughs) They're (laughs) they're like, we'll do this one. And then, Here's the scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back and forth. Uh, my last one is Mortal Kombat. Um, mm. In terms of disappointments, this was an epic letdown for me. I thought the visuals were very cheaply done. I thought that the script was poorly constructed and overworked. We essentially got a prequel to the Mortal Kombat fight in that they were like, we're going to kill everyone before we get to the Mortal Kombat. Um we were told that we were going to have all these massive fatalities. We had a couple, and they were cool, but we didn't have as many as you know we came to expect. The biggest, uh, or the greatest success within the movie was the Scorpion and Sub Zero plotline. So it's the first seven and a half minutes that was released on uh, you know on YouTube and stuff prior. That was great. And again, when they're fighting later on, I mean, they were the best parts of the movie, but it was all spoiled in the uh, in the trailers. Um, it's it's shocking to me that a movie like this can come out and make the one in 95 look like a masterpiece. 95, 96. Um, masterpiece is too strong. But um, I, I enjoyed that one because of, I think it's just, you know, one of the films that I grew up with and um, it's campy. It's There's obvious issues with it, but at least it captures what Mortal Kombat is. This tried to take it in a more mature direction, but the mature dialogue never hit. Um you know, the actor that played Kano ad-libbed most of his lines, and it's very obvious. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> because they never hit. Um, and it just, it, it it's very surprising to me. I mean, I think it made decent money, um, but it wouldn't surprise me. Like, I know that they are planning on, I think, up to five movies or something. I think the guy that played uh, Scorpion mentioned that he, or Sub-Zero or Scorpion? Sub-Zero, maybe. Joe Taz. I think Sub-Zero, yeah. Um, he signed on for like five movies. It wouldn't surprise me if this goes the way of uh, Power Rangers from 2017. Lionsgate was like, we're going to make six or seven of them. And the first one came out and it just, it did well in terms of toys, but it didn't do well in terms of the box office and uh, critical reception. So, you know, I think back to the drawing board a little bit here in terms of you got to figure out how to bring this this property to life in a more satisfying way because this was a massive letdown for me. This is one of the ones where, 
Like I remember you were you were looking forward and I was, you know, I, I've never seen a Mortal Kombat movie. I'm not a video game person, so like there there was nothing there for me like to be like excited about. But I I was saying, okay, I'll just have some fun. And I mean, you know, I tried to. Uh there was like some of the fight scenes were interesting, but I it, it's you gotta put a structure to the, uh these characters to let me care about them a little bit. And instead of introducing like a shitload of them and you know, just like like you had in the uh, meme when it came out, like the anchorman fight where it's just a bunch of people <laughs> fighting. And I don't know. And I can't like, you know, I, I, I don't care about any of these characters. I want to give me a reason to. I'll be happy to, yeah. but it's it just doesn't really, you know, work. And you know, they put a fictional character at the set well, fictional, excuse me, they're all fictional. <laughs> they put a um a new character at the center of it that I you know, it just did, you know, I don't and know I if it's him. Yeah, I was into him. I liked him, but I felt like he was the strongest part of it, but he needed more support around him and didn't have it. Um, strongest part in terms of a character actor. I think Scorpion and Sub-Zero are kind of their own established things. They did that well. But we were also led to believe, man, we're getting on a tangent here, or I am. Um, we were led to believe that Scorpion and Sub-Zero was going to be like the crux of the story, and it really wasn't. I mean, it kicks it off in the first, first scene, and we end with it, but everything else in between there is like, when Sonya says or someone says go to go to Gary, Indiana, I was like, oh fuck, we are in for it with this script because we're setting it in Gary, Indiana. Um, and then when I saw Raiden's eyes light up like a cheap Instagram filter, I knew that they ran out of budget somewhere. So I'm just mm, that was a problem. Let's move into surprises and I'll start kicking off here. A little more positive um, note, yeah. A little more positive. Um First and foremost would be Godzilla versus Kong for me. Um, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I am not a huge fan of all of the Godzilla and Kong movies that have been coming out the past couple of years or past decade, I should say. It's not been just a couple of years. Um, but I thought Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong hit really well, probably because of the time it came out where we were looking for a major blockbuster. But it is a, a great monster battle, fight, monster battle film that... Um, I think hits all the right notes. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it's well filmed. It's a beautiful movie. Um, and I even enjoyed the acting in it. So I that's a movie that really surprised me and really gave me um, a, a pleasurable watch. I mean, and it's something that I will continue to watch. Uh, I'm actually going to buy the Blu-ray, I've decided, um, because I, I think it's a good movie. Yeah, this one, um, you know, I, I think I gave it like... I. I'm disappointed at this new batch of uh, Godzilla movies because I don't like that they give so much to the you know human characters because um, yeah. what they give them is not great. And so the only one that's really like been like great for me is Kong Skull Island because they made all of those uh, characters out of paper and that was lovely. <laughs> it's like you know that's what we're supposed to do here. <laughs> like, but, um, I don't know when they try to do something a little bit more, it um, annoys me. Um, and so that's what it was there. But the actual like battle uh, scenes of this were. Truly wonderful. This was the one of the first HBO Max films where I sort of mm -hmm. flirted with saying, "Do I go back to the theater?" I ended yeah. up, you know, staying home. Um, but uh, you know, it was one of those where it was just like that's one of the ones that almost pushed me into there. Um, this one kind of, I think this was my first in-person screening this year, and I remember like I'm so thankful it was. Um, and I, because I've also watched it on HBO Max. I watched it with my father afterwards on HBO Max because he's my father loves these movies. Um, and it, it really reinforced the power of, uh, the cinema for certain types of movies. We talk about this all the time, but I think like major action movies like this, but also horror movies, like there's certain films that you want to have that experience with. And I'm glad that I got it with this one because it was, it's a fun movie. I mean, the, the fights are beautiful. Oh, like God, even yeah. the one on the carrier in the middle of the ocean, like it's just so much fun, let alone like, let's ignore the fact that we have two ginormous monsters stepping on it. And the boat's just like, we're good. Like <laughs> I, I think stay steady. <laughs> listen, I'm not like the thinnest guy in the world, but I take a step on my parents' pontoon and it's like, Whoa. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, the next one is Things Heard and Seen, um, which was on Netflix with um, Gollum. <laughs> so really Don't do that. Stop it. <laughs> I can't get it out of tattoo. I love her as an actress. She's um, obsessed with the ring in this movie, and so I couldn't stop thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, Amanda Siegfried, she's, I really enjoyed this movie. It's a book adaptation. Um, it is a horror thriller that doesn't really lean too much into the horror, but more so the thriller aspect and suspense. Um, and it was a surprise for me. I just really had a good time with it. It was 
um, well acted and didn't do too much, but I think for this film it worked. And I know you weren't a huge fan of this. I, it was just the ending for me. It really was just yeah. the ending because other than that, like this film did actually surprise me. I didn't want it to be just like the basic like you know like woman ghost horror movie kind yeah. of thing, and it wasn't that. And it, it did yeah. like sort of go there, and you know it's just great to see like Amanda continue to like like carry herself in uh, these sort of roles, and she had to be good in this, and she was. It's just the fact that it just ditches her at the end and makes like the the guy the main character almost really sort of pisses me off <laughs> see i love that though because it's so unconventional and that's why it i is, was like yeah. do it i was like like when she died i'm like she's not dead she's dead <laughs> um you know and but yeah back to amanda seyfried the seeing her like in all the different types of movies that she does whether it's the mamma mia musicals whether it's you know a movie like mank or it's a horror movie horror thriller like this and being able to carry that or even a comedy like ted Ted one or Ted two? Ted it was uh, two. Two. Um, my God, we just talked about that too. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that that's really, uh, you know, it, it's indicative of the type of actress that she is. She can really carry anything, um, which is cool. Um, so when Mamma Mia 3 comes out, because Lord knows we're going to get that at some point. Do you think uh, she'll still remember be I, They kill off random people and <laughs> change timelines and... <laughs> You get a. You just have the Lily James origin story. I don't know. She was so good in that second one. To be honest, she was very good. Very clear. Get rid of that. Um, my last surprise is Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, big Saw fan. Talked about this a lot. I was nervous about what they would be doing because this is the ninth Saw film, um, and it's Chris Rock. But I was pleasantly surprised. It's not a great. It's not a perfect film, um, but I think it's one of the best of the franchise. Honestly, because it kind of takes a different approach to a uh, moral plot and also has a little bit of humor injected in it. That opening scene, I'll say this every time we talk about this movie, but the jokes about uh, Forrest Gump, while inappropriate, were wildly hilarious. And I was dying when they were saying that stuff. I was losing my mind. Um, but it, it didn't focus too much on, you know, Saul movies get lost a lot in being gory and like the traps and focusing too much on them. But even the way that they filmed the traps and this was really cool. Um, they didn't, they didn't linger too often or too much, I should say. And then they also like in one scene in particular, one trap in particular, they kind of went back to it. Like they showed it happening and then went forward and then went back and they just, they did some new things here that I think gave the series a spark that it needed. Um, and excited me as a longtime fan of the series. I'm excited to see where it goes. I do want to, I do miss Jigsaw because Tobin Bella's Jigsaw is kind of iconic. Um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a nice surprise. This was another one for me where it was just, you know, I'd never, I, like, I've, I've seen Saw kind of. Um, and after that, you know, I, I, I don't think I've seen if really any of them. And so I'm just jumping into Jigsaw, <laughs> like, which, hey, I mean, it's an offshoot, so it works. Um, so I don't, I don't really in a spiral. Have You're jumping in a spiral, not Jigsaw. I, I, <laughs> Jigsaw's okay. another movie. <laughs> there is another movie called Jigsaw, right? Okay, I'm jumping into Spiral. And um, yeah, it was just one of those movies for me where I, I also like gave it a B. It was like a good shock for me. It didn't like it didn't overwhelm itself with the gore. Um, and you know, this is the word I use all the time with this is uh, torture porn. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a bit of an offensive word for saw fans. Cause they feel like there's a little bit more to it than that. And I think it inspired other types of genres such as, uh, I believe it's called hostile. Um, and, uh, that's another one that's like pretty rough. And so we, cool. we started to do like, let's just make people throw up instead of let's make people like, you know, get scared. And I think this one sort of questioned like the elements of society, especially, you know, within the, uh, police, uh, you know, system. And that's unfortunately something we could go there, go down a rabbit hole, uh, through, um, and I think maybe that was that may have been a little bit on the nose towards the end. And it was just something where I was just yeah. like, oh, boy, OK, they're doing that. And yeah. it's like, hey, you, you, they're not wrong, but it was just a little bit off for me. You know, the Saw movies have always had a really good uh, to me, a really good story, which has kept me interested. Some of them, though, have been really um, wild deviations that ended up being taking a backseat to the traps and everything which then you like you said gets into the torture porn so the series has really kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit there's some movies that are so much better than the others um, because they focus on the story in my opinion so that's what i i really enjoyed about this i think they focused more on the story they were trying to like not completely rewrite what saw is but it's inspired you know by that type of story 
um, and it leaves it wide open at the end, right? Like we we know yeah. we're going to get another one. Um, they already have talked about they're developing a tenth one because it's going to be the tenth one. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see where they go with that. And it was a nice surprise because I think that movie could have really fallen on its face, and uh, yeah. it, it holds up. It holds its I, own. I was definitely worried about that one without a doubt. All right, hit me with yours. Oh, boy. Um, so I'm looking at mine. I'm trying to think about the uh, best ones to do. And uh, one of them right off the bat I'm going to do is uh, it, I'm still surprised um, that I'm defending this movie as much as I oh, am because not oh, many boy. people like this one as much. But it's Those Who Wish Me Dead. And <laughs> I love this movie. That was going to be on my uh, disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I, I get it. I totally get it. And there, there's something about this movie where, um, boy, First of all, it's the Taylor Sheridan bias. It's 100% the Taylor Sheridan bias that I'm having. Absolutely. This, but, you love him. Um, there, there's so much silliness in this where I don't think they really attempted to try and like fix that. Like, you know, she's a fire jumper in designer pants and sunglasses fooling around with the guys and uh, just like, you know, just pal, like, you know, palling around, chilling. Um, I think what I like about this is that it, it, it just kept the action contained in this one sort of like area and did not really try to make explanations for anything that they were doing. And it's a fire jumper that never jumped <laughs> like a fire jumper that never jumps, but still goes to work in her designer bra, um, which, <laughs> which for me, I, I had no issues with, but when Sam said that, I was like, Oh yeah, I guess that would be silly. <laughs> I had to get a woman's perspective on that one. Um, <laughs> it was it was a uh, it, it, it was a strange movie no doubt but it was one that like just really like every time i think about it i think i had a great time with that movie I, like you know the villains were absolutely insane they were just really like you know the, the chase was on it was a blast um some of the side characters were wonderful we saw john barenthal with a pregnant wife and sam and i simultaneously both said whoop he's dead <laughs> just <Yeah. like> immediately <laughs> like just you know you saying that <laughs> just unbelievable so that was definitely one of my uh, surprises because I, I didn't expect to love it as much as i did and uh it was it was ambitious and may not live up to its ambition at uh, times but it uh works pretty well um the next one i'm gonna do is uh one you said for the best and uh i um i uh, like that uh, this is happening and it's together together um Cause I didn't know what to expect with this one. Cause I didn't like hear anything about it. And it did seem kind of like a oh, male surrogate. This seems kind of wacky. Like <laughs> where are we going with this? <laughs> and like, you could do like several different like jokes or silliness. They didn't go down that route. Um, I'm going to say, say her name now. Cause we often forget it. Uh, Patty Harrison, um, like phenomenal comedic actress, yes. like just really great in this matches Ed Helms. The two of them have just this absolute buoyant chemistry that like, you know, keeps like, just keeps this going throughout. Um, whether it is comedic at the beginning or it is just absolutely, um, like uh, just like heart wrenching towards the end. Cause this is a very complicated situation and, you know, we don't exactly know what happens to these characters at the end or what's going to go on there, but it is truly remarkable. Like what we see. And, but with all of that, it's at, it's in a simple tone. Like you said, it's like a very simple thing. Even the score helps that. I felt like it was just a warm blanket over me the whole time with this score. It was just lovely. It's and really it, it, it really was like, I really hope more people see this when it hits streaming. Cause it, it was a great time. I'm trying to find the clip at the very end where all was like they're focusing on Patty Harrison, and all you hear in the background is "Hi, lamp." <laughs> it's just I don't know why that cracks me up so much. Oh God! They your last two? Oh wait, I got I got one more. Right? Um, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, let's see for that last one. I got a few here, but I'm gonna go with Moxie on Netflix, um, which is the. Uh, um, I almost said Leslie Nope directed. Good lord, <laughs> Amy Poehler. <laughs> Amy Poehler directed uh, film. Um, I will uh, stay by this, and this is the only reason I gave this a B. Is uh, Amy Poehler should never really direct a film again. She should write every film in the world, but the directing just did not work. It was it was edited poorly. It was shot really bad. It was like kind of oh, there's yeah. a lot there that was not great. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not required for a movie like this that's set in a like a teen high school situation. Thankfully, it is. Um, something that's a little bit uh 
you know, better, um, like, you know, a little bit easier to handle those kind of mistakes. And uh, this is about um, uh, a young woman who uh, starts a, uh, like, basically a private, like, you know, a, a feminist magazine uh, within the school. Um, and, you know, uh, hijinks ensues. Um, I think that, like, the interesting thing is that or they have the honest debates in high school in a certain lower generation um, where it's like, how can you be an activist in certain generations? How does it work at the various levels? Um, I think there's a lot of young talent in this that blew me away, um, including the lead, who now I'm not remembering that name, which is unfortunate. Yeah, um, but I would say Patty Harrison. I'm like, that's together together. <laughs> I We're just got gonna say Patty Harrison every time from now on, just to like you know keep that uh, going. Um, and uh, uh, Hadley Robinson. Hadley Robinson. Um, But it was a very honest high school movie. It wasn't like the typical uh, tropes we usually get from the high school movies. It didn't, it didn't go into the eighties. Oh my God, this doesn't age well, or it didn't go into like, we're trying to duplicate that or it didn't go into the uh, young adult. Like, you know, the, the dialogue isn't that great sometimes. And I think this sort of has this happy medium. And I was, I was blown away by how much I liked this movie. I did not expect to like it. It has an ending that is like truly amazing where there's a, you know, women's walkout of the school and everything. Um, just really like there's, there's a lot of stuff there that, you know, works great. I think I need to check that out. I actually completely forgot about it, to be honest. It, um, it, it came and went baby. Like the thing just yeah. like, you know, zoomed out of there. <laughs> It sounds like one that would be right up my alley. So oh, I yeah. need to check that out, man. So it's kind of funny. Like we, we overlapped a little bit, but we have a lot of different films that we've, we've seen that we have opinions on and uh, that's what keeps us kicking. You know, we, we almost overlapped on a surprise and a disappointment. Which would have been- <laughs> <laughs> that would <have> been hilarious. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's kind of nice. I think we are getting back to, um, some releases coming out that are, um, or at least good films being released. I think for a while there, it was kind of like not, you didn't know what to expect. And even our anticipated films were being pushed back. Uh, But we've, we've seen a lot of good films. It's a good, I mean, it's a sign that like, even with the pandemic and everything going on, we've had a lot of great releases and a lot of uh, quality that's out there that I think even can make runs during the awards next year. Well, it's, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, I mean, like for like knock on all sorts of wood, this pandemic is like pretty much going lower and lower. Um, But right now, everything's being filmed. There's no there's no delays happening with anything anymore. So the the stuff is being filmed. So, you know, right now we're we're watching some movies that have been filmed during the pandemic and not in like the Malcolm and Marie way, like in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier way. And so we're watching a lot of the content now. Like, yeah, I mean, the one thing I'm thinking about constantly is Succession season three. I'm like, it's happening. They filmed it. It's going to it's going to it's going to come soon. It's It's actually happening. (laughs) Oh, man. But it's just like one of these things where now it's it's sort of it's it's normal. It, it, yeah. we're, we're in a normal situation, um, you know, public service announcement, please get vaccinated. Um, but it, other than that, like it's, it's, it's going, it's going. I do want to share like July is shaping up to be a wild uh, month for releases. So I was updating the calendar today um, and it's, it's just kind of crazy. So I'm going to run through them real quick because why not? Um, Thursday, July one is no sudden move on theater in theaters and HBO max. I don't know much about that, to be honest. Like, I feel like I, I don't, it's not getting much play. Steven Soderbergh, big cast. Who gives a shit? Let's go, baby. <laughs> uh, Friday the 2nd, we have Fear Street Part 1 on 1994 on Netflix. The Boss Baby Family Business, The Forever Perks, The Tomorrow War, and Werewolves Within on VOD. So like, that's a pretty solid day. Jeez. The following week is Black Widow Day, as well as Fear Street Part 2, 1978. The 16th is a crazy, crazy release day. Escape Room Tournament of Champions, Fear Street Part 3, 1666. Great White, Pig, Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, Space Jam, A New Legacy, and The Night House. Like, that's... Ooh, that's the Night House looks awesome, by the way. Did you see that trailer? Is that the uh, Rebecca Hall one? Yes. I escaped the trailer, so I don't know if Ooh. I should watch it. Should I, I watch it didn't it? give too much away, but it, like, okay. it's just very intriguing. Um, also, two days prior to that on Netflix, we have Gunpowder Milkshake, uh, oh which is coming out with Karen Gillan. The 23rd is Broken Diamonds, which is a film that's not getting much play, but it stars Ben Platt. Um, Hotel Transylvania. Oh. Yeah. Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, Joe Bell, Old, Snake Eyes, and The Last Letter from Your Lover on Netflix. Like, that's a big week, too. What? You're laughing. I, I don't know. I just think about Joe Bell, and I'm like, that movie's existing. <laughs> <laughs> I have such high hopes for it. Um, oh, and then you end up the, the month with Jungle Cruise, Stillwater, and The Green Knight. So, like, it is a big month for releases. 
This is such a classic thing. Now, this is the like this is probably one of the biggest Julys I've ever seen. But this is the classic thing. No one wants to be an August release. There's something yeah. about being an August release that is this like toxic level. You know, that's still part of summer. I don't know why August is one of the things that like if you're if you're coming out in August, then it's a failure of a movie. Like yeah. there's it's it's a weird like trend that I I would have hoped that you know the pandemic would buck like especially with you know but it seems like everybody is like no 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 we have to put all of our chips into July which well, that's and then in August we get the Suicide Squad Coda Free Guy Respect um, Annette on Amazon Prime Reminiscence in theaters and HBO Max the Protege in theaters Candyman in theaters finally and then um, just throwing this in as like the end of the summer on September 3rd is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So like there's a shit ton coming out. I'm it's so, so nuts. Like I just look at that. Like, you know, you, we listed, you listed July and that took forever. You listed August and that was like barely like, it's so weird that there's that it's imbalance. Weird. Weird. And, you know, you'd think like throw it in August because like maybe, uh, but I, I guess the stats don't lie and everyone's like, people go to movies in July, but it's just, Oh, it's weird. Well, you know, and it's like I'm trying to I'm looking at the calendar and trying to think of like some of the moves that have been made recently and how you have like there's one day in September, the 24th, that's really packed. Um, And I'm assuming that like they are packing it later on in September because early on is like start of school and stuff like that. I don't but I don't know that that would really impact some of these films. So for instance, the 24th, you're getting Cry Macho, which is uh, Clint Eastwood's film, Uh, Dear Evan Hansen. You're getting the eyes of Tammy Faye, which um, or the eyes of Tammy, which I'm actually really excited for. I think that looks really good. Um, and then Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which is anticipated because the first one did so well. So like that's four powerhouse movies on one day. Plus you get like the many Saints of Newark the following week, which I have not heard anything about. Um, so, and then like we get into October, and you're getting you know Halloween Kills on the fifteenth, but then on the twenty second you have. Uh, Dune and Last Night in Soho and The French Dispatch all opening on the same day. Wait, so this has become a huge release thing, but now is, is Halloween Kills getting released in the middle of October? Uh-huh. What? Probably to give it more play, honestly. No, usually, I'm, I'm saying usually they, they do September and they like, because, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, they'll get the two months. I'm, I'm so surprised it's middle of October and then you got Last Night in Soho, which is being marketed as a thriller. Why is mm-hmm. that not getting pushed back into early October or like late September? This and, then is... you have, and then you have Antlers finally on the 29th. Jesus, that film, that film was like, you know, before I made a podcast or before I made an <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> like, movies. yeah, it's just, it's wild. I mean, we kind of, we've took a, taken a turn here and talking about releases, but there's a lot coming up that's going to, I think, influence what, you know, when we do our end of year review, what we'll be putting in there, because there's a lot of powerhouse films that not only have been, um, not only that are coming out, but that have been sitting for a while that we've been waiting to see that would have probably been in our like end of year last year or even mid year this year had they come out earlier. So whew, get ready. It's going to be a great year. It's been a great half a year. It's going to be a great, be a great year. year. Um, as long as everyone gets those vaccines and stops being dumbasses. Like, just please, like, I know you don't know what's in it. You don't know what's in Diet Coke either, but you suck that down. So just, you know, get the vaccines, please, please, please. I'm very worried about what this fall is going to look like. (laughs) I'm very worried. Don't. No, the fall is going to be great. I'm cutting all this part out. So (laughs) (laughs) the vaccine's off. We'll we'll cut back into, uh, but yeah, it's going to be an absolute wild year. And uh, no, I don't like that ending. Where should we, how should we wrap this all up? Um, Hippity hoppity, give me the slappity. <laughs> oh my God. Um, as Sean says, hippity hoppity, give me the slappity. Um, it'll be fun to see what comes out the rest of the year and to well, see let- where we fall on it because there's some big films that I think that you and I are probably going to disagree on just right off the bat. So I'm just trying to, oh, I cannot wait. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, I'm wondering, uh, how are you going to see uh, Black Widow? Um, I'm not. I've decided. Oh shit! Uh, no, uh, <laughs> heading up there to uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, to see the fantastic, uh, hopefully fantastic, Black Widow film uh, in person, and we'll do a live podcast. How's that sound? Very psyched. Very psyched. I'm psyched for it too. Um, also, as we're podcasting, I'm very cognizant of my voice because last week, <laughs> the beginning of the episode, I started so high, and I have no idea. Like high in voice, I don't smoke, but high in like I don't understand <laughs> what was going on there, but. 
I guess that's a good way to wrap up. I See you next week. That. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>